Hello, and welcome to Capstan Live. We're the podcast that makes sure you pay the real estate taxes you owe and not a dollar more. If you own commercial real estate or advise someone who does, you're in the right place for a real talk about maximizing tax savings. Hello, welcome to another edition of Capstan Live. Now, every week, I say that the guest of the week is my favorite guest. But this week, our guest is really my favorite guest because not only is he a colleague and a friend, he's also my husband. I'd like to welcome Zeev Carmel, Capstan's Director of Engineering, to the pod. Yay! Welcome, Zeev! Hi, everyone. How, how's everybody doing today? We're so glad we could finally get you <laughs> on the pod. Excited to be here? Great to be here. Thank you. Yes. Uh, always looking forward. Now, off the record, Aaron, this is on the record. People always ask, what's it like to live with your spouse and work with your spouse? I think it's great. You know, I, I enjoy interacting with you on a daily basis, uh, not just at home, but also at work. Care to elaborate? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, basically just what I said. <laughs> so, <clears throat> Aaron, keep this in, it's gold. Um, okay, well, that was a little off topic. <laughs> you really came here not to discuss the dynamics of our relationship, but to talk about auto dealerships, which is, right. frankly, probably more interesting to our audience. Um, and I know you just came back from Las Vegas where you attended and presented at the AICPA Auto Dealership Conference. How was that? Did you have a good time? Yeah, it was great being out there. Um, you know, always always fun to, uh, to kind of go out into the industry uh, and see what, uh, what the vibe is. You know, kind of feel the energy and uh, talk to a, uh, what is a pretty large segment of our client base, which yes. is auto dealerships. So, uh, so what is the scoop? What, what are dealers concerned about? What's the buzz? What's the vibe? Right. So, As the kids say. You know, the dealership, uh, the dealership industry is still going strong, uh, although their dynamics have shifted a bit uh, due to things like supply chain issues, uh-huh. in particular with yes. uh, electronic components. Um, there's, uh, there's been a big uh, problem in terms of getting new inventory onto the lots. That's what I heard. As a matter of fact, I was just at a car dealership uh, doing a cost seg uh, a few weeks back, and um, I noticed when I walked in the showroom that it was empty. I asked the, my point of contact, uh, the property manager there, what's going on? He said that they can't get new cars. You know, Even though their lot's full, it's all pre-owned. They're buying up leases, doing things like that, trying to keep the cash flow going. But uh, they said that you know last month they got two new cars, just two. Two? The factory only sent them two because they just don't have cars to send, even though the demand is quite high. Oh my gosh. So the good news for dealers is that the used car market is, is actually quite robust. Oh, I uh, believe Used that. car prices have gone up considerably. Um, but you know obviously the, 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 the dynamics of how they're selling and what they're selling is different, but they are still Many of them it. turning a profit. Rolling with it. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I know online car sales have become a, a, a somewhat of a trend. I mean, with COVID, nobody wanted to go anywhere that they didn't have to, you know, at the right. height of the pandemic. Right. And people were were becoming more comfortable with making large online purchases. Um, sure. But I feel like there's always going to be a core base that still wants to go to the dealership. Yeah, look, like anything, like any other product that people buy, um, you know, COVID certainly accelerated how much people do online shopping, uh, and cars are no different. Right. But you know what? 
car dealerships aren't going anywhere. Um, you still need a place to have the cars, to display the cars. Even online dealers like Carvana and others, they still have locations. They still oh, have physical properties, right, buildings, uh, uh, you know, display lots, and things like that where, where they're going to have their product. Right. So online shopping doesn't change the fact that real estate is still very heavily involved in the car dealer business. That's a really good point. Um, and so when we hear real estate around here, we think cost said, mm -hmm. um, and we'll, we'll get back to that. But I also heard that a lot of dealers are kind of diversifying their services now to get people to still, you know, come on in. Well, I mean, for a long time now, well before COVID, you know, a major part of the revenue and the income for a dealership is from the service department, ah. right? It's not just, they make a certain amount of money on the sale, certainly, of a vehicle, but it's the ongoing relationship with customers where they keep coming back to do service maintenance, mm -hmm. things like that. Uh, that has always been a big part of the dealership experience and, and the business model. And uh, that, in, 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 you know, that has been something that's helped them kind of keep going. Uh, it's, all, it's not unusual for the service department to be much larger in scale really? than the sales department of a dealership. We have dealerships that, you know, will sell X number of cars a month, but it pales in comparison to how many how many cars they service oh. and the the, uh, the the income stream that comes in from that. That's so interesting. Mm -hmm. Sure. Uh, listeners, I drive a 18-year-old minivan, so I haven't been into a dealership in a long time. So this is fascinating. No, don't cut that, Aaron. Keep it. Um, but let's talk about cost seg. Um, in general, auto dealerships make great candidates for cost seg, right? Yeah, in terms of property types, an auto dealership <clears throat> will deliver a pretty good yield, uh, both in the, the realm of personal property, which is a f short life five-year assets, and in land improvements generally, which is the 15-year assets. Um, dealerships, uh, let, let's even just, let's just start with the service department. All of the hookups and infrastructure for all of the, the service bays whether it be electrical or plumbing or, or mechanical or ventilation, uh, typically that would all fall into a short life category. Mm -hmm. It's dedicated for the needs of the business. Right. Uh, even up front in the sales sales room, uh, uh, I'm sorry, showroom and sales areas, uh, you're going to have a lot of decorative lighting, yes. millwork and trim, all the nice finishes, uh, things, all, things of that five nature, year, right? five year property. Uh, so there's always a, a pretty high yield in, in in that area, even if the equipment itself. Uh, in the dealership is under a, a different set of books, the real estate holding company is uh -huh. still going to have all that infrastructure as five-year property. Most car dealerships that we go to are also located kind of in either suburban or, or even rural locations, and, and as such, a lot they of have land. big big properties, a lot of acreage, and that means you have big parking lots uh, for the cars, you have a lot of drainage, uh, storm drainage, um, you're going to have oftentimes a lot of landscaping, a lot of display pads, yes. site concrete. I mean, there's, there's usually a lot in the way of land improvements as well. So car dealerships are usually a slam dunk in terms of getting a good benefit from a cross egg. So that, wow, they are really, really rich in acceleratable assets. Yo, you know it. Oh, yo. Yo, you indeed. <laughs> um, but, and before we dig deeper into numbers, I just want to do like a public service announcement um, about 100% bonus depreciation. Everybody loves it. It's been great. We've gotten real used to it. 
But oh, it's yeah. on its way out, right? Well, I mean, bonus right now um, is set at 100%. Yes. Uh, that is to say that you can write off 100% of the short life assets in the first year if you choose to do so. Um, that 100% provision under the current tax law will last through the end of 2022. And then it's going to start to step down after that. So in 2023, it goes down to 80. 2024 is 60. And then every year it goes down another 20% until 2026. Um, that being said, it's interesting to note that some of the proposals going through Congress right now actually would, would actually change bonus for 2022 and, and reduce it. Oh, um, no. Hopefully, hopefully it'll stay at 100%. Taxpayers certainly love it. It, it gives uh, the owners of these dealerships a tremendous uh, opportunity to really, um, to really save a lot in taxes. As the time of this recording, listeners, um, nothing has gone through Congress that Correct. would change that. <clears throat> as, of, as of right now, 100% is going to continue through the end of 2022. And so as of right now, we would definitely advise listeners, if you want to take advantage of that 100% bonus rate, now is the time. Well, if you've got properties that are being placed in service in 2021, uh, or, or even if you've got, let's say, new construction or a rehab where it's a gray area, <clears throat> I would suggest, um, as an insurance policy, maybe uh, you know, trying to accelerate the, the 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 date of service or the date going into service as, as much as possible, yes. trying to get it into twenty twenty one. Yeah, I agree. Time time is of the essence. Um, I definitely agree. Okay, so we did our PSA. Now let's talk about some numbers. Can you give me an example, Z? Like, take. What did we call the dealership A? Like, can you talk to me about dealership <clears throat> right. A? Right. So let's let's talk a little bit about a, a good result yes. or a typical result, I should say, from a, a a relatively simple model. That is to say, an acquisition or a new construction, a dealership going into service for the first time for a current for a current owner, uh, no rehab involved. Okay. So, <clears throat> you know, I like to use as an example a, a project we worked on uh, in 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 the last year or two. Uh, a, a property that was placed in service in 2020. So it's in the 100% bonus window. Yay. And uh, it was, a, uh, it was a, a dealership that had a price tag of about $4.2 million. This one happened to be new construction, but it could have just as easily been a, a purchase. And we were doing the cost seg analysis on behalf of the real estate holding company as opposed to the operating entity. Uh -huh. So the operating entity actually owned all the equipment, but despite that, when looking at the deal, the, the real estate company itself, we had a, a tremendous amount of land improvements and a also a fair amount of uh, uh, dollars moved into infrastructure hookups for equipment. And so, out of a four point two million dollar basis, we were actually able to accelerate uh, about thirty thirty one percent of that. Into uh, into a short life, whether it be 15-year land improvements or five-year personal property, that was about 1.3 million dollars worth of actual accelerated. Holy moly! Accelerated dollars that netted the, you know, with the 100% bonus, it, it it netted a result to the taxpayer of about 450 thousand dollars in the first in year. First year tax in first year tax savings. That's actual. 450 thousand dollars in first year tax savings. That's correct. And that's, that's correct. like somewhat typical for a dealership of that size, mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. That's amazing. Yeah, it's not it's not unusual at all to see those kinds of percentages moved. Wow. Um, now, obviously, I should just as I should put in a note that the the percentages will be consistent for your your standard dealership setup 
whether it's a purchase or a new construction, mm-hmm. um, obviously the amount of dollars moved will vary based on your actual depreciable cost Right, of course, uh, basis. of course. Uh, a, a dealership that's more expensive will have more dollars moved right, than a dealership that's cheaper. Naturally, um, no, that makes sense. Um, okay, that's amazing and really remarkable. Um, so I know we briefly mentioned refreshes before. Yes. Um, and I know that refreshes are like a great trigger to consider a cost sex study. Can you give me like a re- example of a refresh and, sure. and how things kind of played out? Yeah. The, the, uh, renovations are a normal part of the life cycle of a dealership. Um, as a matter of fact, a lot of times the the automotive brands themselves, let's say a GM, a Toyota, or whatever, what Ooh. have you, will require a refresh every five to seven years. Oh, wait, they like they mandate it? They mandate a certain upgrade to Ooh. to the finishes. Uh, that that's why if you walk into uh, just as an example, we, we've we've worked on a lot of Toyota dealerships. You walk into you walk into Toyota dealerships, you'll see a certain consistency in the finish, ah. in the signage, in the look. Because they wanted to reflect their brand. Correct. So that okay, costs that a lot sense. of money, yes. and it's not unusual for a renovation at a dealership to uh, to be upwards of a couple million dollars just to renovate a showroom, sales offices, wow. signage. A lot of times that involves redoing the storefronts, wow, uh, and things like that. It's really only front of house. The, the service service base typically don't experience much on the rehab side. But that being said, so a lot of property goes in to the refinish uh, and the refresh of a showroom sales floor, uh, service drop-off area, things of that nature. And while it's true that a lot of the assets involved in that type of renovation um, would be long-life 39-year assets, things like uh, lighting systems and uh, plumbing fixtures and you know uh, ceramic or stone tile mm-hmm. on the floors, things like that, the current tax law does allow for th- much of that property to, to, to be classified as what they call QIP. Oh, QIP. Qualified Improvement Property. And what that basically means is that if you have interior renovations to an existing property, right? Yes. Existing property being the key word here, the government wanted to incentivize taxpayers to, to make improvements to, right, to existing properties. Right. So certain non-structural assets that would normally be 39 year will now have a special 15 year life. That is fantastic. It is fantastic and and being that it has a 15 year life per the tax law anything under 20 year 20 year life property gets bonus depreciation applied to it. Yes, that's a that's wonderful, right? Bonus eligible QIP. Absolutely. So you could spend a couple million dollars doing a refresh and and you know it, it, it's not unusual for 50 60, 70% of that to be in the QIP category. Wow. So you can get a million dollar write-off or $1.2 million write-off off the bat with the 100% bonus in the first year. Um, so wow. So the, the, these, these refreshes almost pay for themselves. This is amazing, listeners. I don't think I realize the extent to which um, these refreshes can be lucrative. And I didn't realize that they were often mandated by the, um, the brands themselves, which is super interesting. Can you can you walk me through like a concrete example, some real numbers, so I can kind of get a sense of what what we're looking at, how something like this would play out? Sure, absolutely. Um, here's an, an example, uh, actually a, a fairly typical one. Okay. Of what we see in a renovation, uh, we have a dealership that underwent like a very major renovation. 
uh, about $3.4 million was the spend wow. for it. And that included not only a refinish of the showroom and the sales areas, but it was actually even a little bit of an addition to the building. Um, so they, they expanded the footprint a bit as well, did some land improvements, uh, and, and kind of just a general nice. uh, rehab. Um, <clears throat> we looked at those assets uh, that were placed in service as part of, the, of that $3.4 million spend. There's personal property, there's land improvements, and of course, as we discussed, there's gonna be a lot of that 15-year QIP. QIP, that, baby. That otherwise 39-year property, which has that special provision, the special carve-out right now. Love it. Uh, under the current tax law. And what we discovered after doing the analysis was that about 65% of that $3.5 million spend uh, was able to be accelerated into some short life, whether wow. it be QIP, whether it be land improvements or personal property. Wow. $2.1 million was the accelerated dollar amount. That once 100% bonus was applied to it, translated into about a $700,000 first year tax benefit for the Whoa. taxpayer. Yes. Whoa, whoa. So, okay, so you're telling me that the, the entire refresh cost $3.4 million, the refresh and the expansion. And in the first year, they made back $700,000 in tax right. savings, in the first right. year alone. It's like they got 20% cash back that the first year. That is crazy. That's amazing. It is amazing. I mean, it, it, makes, it makes these types of renovations much less painful. Oh, my God, fair. yeah. And uh, and it it uh, it truly it's a huge it, incentive, it, yeah. Absolutely. Oh absolutely. my goodness! Wow, it's like yeah, like getting twenty percent right back. We should go into real estate. We should, maybe someday <laughs> in our retirement. Um, okay, so what happens with all the old stuff? So if you're doing a refresh, obviously. Like, you know, you're, you're getting out with the old and in with the new. Right. So is there anything that you can do with the old stuff in terms of tax sure. benefits? Sure. So the answer is it depends. Uh, okay. It depends on, on a couple factors. Um, if you're going to be rehabbing a property that you already own and you're ripping out various assets, even long life assets, right? Okay. And you're disposing of them to replace them with new ones. So those old assets have a relative value. Uh, relative to the the value of the original building so let's just as a simple example let's just say you bought a building a couple years ago and you spent a, a fair amount of money on it um, if you're replacing the roof let's say or the storefront windows right those assets have a value a relative value for the for the dollar amount you spent when you bought the building now if we can identify what that value is then we can say okay you know what when you dispose of that roof or those storefronts you can write down that dollar amount um, the only caveat is this. If you've owned the building for a really long time, let's say you bought the building 25 years ago or 30 years ago, that building's been depreciating over 39 years. A lot of it's already been depreciated. There's not much tax basis ah, left. Now, if, if you have a situation like that, uh, then you're n the, the benefit of a partial asset disposition is not going to be very high. Also, if you're a tenant, let's say you don't own the real estate, oh. you're a tenant doing improvements to the building, well, the assets being ripped out are not necessarily assets that you pay, ever paid for. Ah, it wasn't yours to start with, so you can't be that's like, correct. Uh -huh. So, but, but, in, in the normal auto dealer model, that's not the case. Typically, an auto dealer, there's a, a real estate company and also an operating company. They're, they, they're, they're related parties. They're owned but. by the same people at the end of the day. And usually, the dealers that we have in terms of their ownership are not that old. Mm -hmm. And so, this certainly could come into play. So just to be clear, so this partial asset disposition, 
So that permits you to write off the remaining depreciable basis of an asset when it's taken out of service in the year that it was taken out of service. Mm -hmm. Is that That's what you're correct. saying? That's correct. That's crazy. Can you give me some numbers? Yeah, you, absolutely. Like, yeah, let's, give me an example. Let, let's, let's take a, a, a really great example here. Okay. We, we did a project a couple years ago. Uh, this was actually like a big box retail store, like a Kmart uh, type store. And th this particular taxpayer wanted to convert this big box retail store into an automotive shop, service center, and deal and dealership. They built that is to say, they built they built in everything into this big box. Wait, it used to be a Kmart. Uh, it's something of that of that Aww. nature. Yes. Remember Kmart, Aaron? <laughs> right. Kmart. So Kmart had its own fit out. It had it had partitions. It had uh, mechanical lighting right. systems, Kmart plumbing stuff. systems. It right. had. All the systems that a store has, but all that had to come out because right. the, the whole building was totally redesigned. Okay. The only thing they left behind really was the four walls and the roof. Wow. Right? Okay. So they gutted this building, and then they spent um, almost five million dollars, right, to renovate this thing, turn it into a car dealership with with everything that a car dealership has. Wow. So this is okay? a huge. This is a big a project. Huge project. Okay. A huge project. So there was an initial basis. They spent a couple million dollars on the original purchase of the building. Before they did, they spent a dollar on rehabbing it, okay? Then they spent a few million more dollars uh, to actually convert this into a dealership and a service center. Now, there's two parts to this. There's okay. the cost-seg piece, okay. which has its own benefit by just accelerating depreciation, applying bonus, and we can do the cost-seg for the acquisition and for the renovation. Right? Oh, okay. And on top of the cost seg, we also have the assignment of value to those assets that were acquired in 2018 that were pulled out. Right. Right? So, there's let, let's let's take one at a time. Pieces. Yeah, yeah. Let's take first pe first, okay. first piece first. First piece first. Okay. Right? The 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 renovation and the cost seg on the property. Okay. Right, they spent four million dollars plus on this. Uh -huh. Right, they were able to accelerate about eighty percent into wow. either personal property, land improvements, or QIP. Right off the bat, so they moved about three point eight million dollars into shorter life. Wow, that netted them with the hundred percent bonus about one point three million dollars of first year savings. What? One point three million dollars of, of 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 real cash. That is crazy! Wow. Okay. Yes. Now, on top of, on so, top of so that, that would have been a huge benefit in its own right. right. That, if that would have been enough. like. But when wow. we looked at the, the long-life assets, actually at all the assets that were taken out, but in particular the long-life, 39-year assets that would have been sitting on the books at 39 years, right? And we said, okay, well, you know what? They got rid of the roof. They got rid of those walls. They got rid of all the lights. They, they got rid of the... They write off the remaining depreciable basis Correct. of all those so assets. Correct. So that added another $500,000 of deductions. What? So that was so w when you look at the actual tax savings that that came as a result of that that was another 120,000 or so. Holy so that was if moly. you think about it the, the the partial asset disposition it's not an acceleration it's just taking evaluating which assets were removed taking them out those and it's free price. money it's free money. Holy pro. Wow. That's remarkable. Right. So really it's the 1.3 million in first year savings from the cost seg Plus another hundred twenty thousand. You're talking. You're approaching a million and a half dollars of cash that you're saving in the first year. Wow. You know, and and once again, that pays for a lot of your that a big chunk of your renovation. Can we buy an auto dealership? Yes, let's do it. Okay, I, it seems like it would be a wise <laughs> thing to do. Um, wow. I feel like I picked your brain a lot, but I have one more question, sure. Steve. Um, EPAC one seventy nine D. Mm-hmm. Dealerships can even benefit from that. Of course. 
Right. So once again, the government, in, a, in, a, in an effort to incentivize uh, property owners to install energy efficient lighting, uh, HVAC systems, it's heating and cooling, and insulation for their buildings, um, created a program whereby uh, you can get, for those three categories, lighting, heating and cooling, and, and energy retention or insulation, you can get 60 cents per square foot uh, deduction um, for, uh, for a property if those systems qualify. For each category. For each category. So you get up to $1.80 a square foot if, all, if you hit all three. Wow. Uh, and the nice thing about this is that um, when you run the models uh, and, you're, and you, can, you, you determine that it's $1.80 a square foot, uh, it, it's a, a one-time deduction that you can take and it does not come out, it's, it's not like cross-seg where you're accelerating your, your depreciation, so you're taking more upfront. Now, this is, this is like neutral in terms of impacting your building depreciation. Just a one-time deduction. This is deduction, a one-time deduction. It's freestanding on its own. Uh, and what's also nice about it, similar to cross-seg, is that if you didn't do it, let's say you have a building that's a few years old, but would qualify, you can do a retroactive oh, study for this. Oh, it doesn't have to be done in the year that it's, the It's not a current year requirement. Oh, yes. that's awesome. So, for example, if you have a 20,000-square-foot dealership, right, and you, let's say, qualify for $1.80 a square foot, let's say all three categories come into play, then you get a $36,000 deduction right off the bat. Boom. Just separate from anything else that Correct. we already talked about. It's just, it's just, just an added bonus. Just icing on the cake. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. And dealerships are huge, so the fact that it's a per square foot they certainly can be. I mean, so some I mean, dealerships okay, are very big. Some of big. them are not so huge, but many of them really are. Yep, wow, this is the icing on the cake. It is. It is. Wow. We're buying an auto dealership. <laughs> <laughs> Zeev Carmel, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for coming in. Is there anything else that you want our listeners to understand about tax savings on auto dealerships? Yeah, I mean, I think that, that you have to ask yourself certain questions. Um, this is one of the, I, I would say, one of the the biggest winners in the cross-seg industry. Yes. Uh, if you've bought a dealership, if you're renovating a dealership, um, there is certainly potential for savings. Uh, if you're unsure, we can certainly, you know, take a look at your depreciation schedule, you know, what you've spent uh, to buy or renovate properties and, and kind of give you our opinion about about a dealership. Um, but there's really, it's really easy to find savings in a auto dealership. Um, yeah, and, and so we encourage anyone who, who is part of the ownership of a dealer uh, to, to ask themselves these questions and look into it because you don't want to leave money behind on the table. Yeah, no, especially when it's, it's practically leaping into your pocket with these. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah we've, done, are great. we've done a few pods on different, you know, segments of the market, and this one is really just outstanding. It's a winner. Yeah, it's a winner. No question. My husband knows winners. I mean, he married me. So uh, I got a small chuckle over there. Well, thank you so much for your time, and thank you so much for coming in, Zeef. Um, I hope you enjoyed yourself. Absolutely. And uh, listeners, if you enjoyed what you heard, why not subscribe? We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or you can just go to our website, capstantax.com slash podcasts. 
I'm Helena Carmel, here with our special guest, Zeeb Carmel, and producer, Aaron Strongen. Thank you for tuning in to Capstan Live. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Capstan Live. Be sure to subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. Visit our website at capstantax.com for more info on everything we discussed today, plus breaking news, industry blogs, and more. Have a profitable day.